a lot of the research done on fasting was not done on women. Out of 71 studies found in Harvard's database for intermittent fasting, only 13 include women. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying this out, you're really experimenting what would work for your body. And I really don't recommend doing a fast that's longer than 14 hours every single night, especially because it is so restrictive and you're not sure if it's right for your body yet. Some studies done on women show that female hormones are sensitive to fasting. and You can actually induce menstrual irregularity by long daily fasts. Dr. Said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. This is so ridiculous. Oh my God. Does anybody already hear what's happening in the background? Construction, sisters. Yes. Sorry, this episode is going to be a little bit of some background noise. We're in a hotel room or apartment, whatever it is, in London. And there seems to be some sort of construction happening either everywhere in this (laughs) building. In every room surrounding ours or just next to ours. Yeah. So if you hear any sort of like fart like noises it's not us it is just some sort of drilling or it's sirak maybe excuse us (laughs) how are you doing babe how is your first two days in london going well i so far have a beautiful impression of london seriously it's so charming and i plan on doing a lot of exploration in the next few days right now we are settling in like we got here and our room smelled like cigarettes we had to move rooms I had already unpacked everything, put it all in drawers, so I had to repack it and unpack it again. So I'm a little bit like, you know, downing CBD (laughs) (laughs) because I just, I haven't seen London yet. It's been two days and we've been working or scrambling. Yeah. But we just came here from Switzerland. If you've been following us on Instagram or in the private Facebook group in the Sisterhood, we've been kind of keeping everybody updated. We just did a 10-day or 11-day road trip. I I like to say 10-day because it's a nice even number. So 10-day road trip in Switzerland. You want to explain where we went, babe? We started off in Zurich and then we went to Lucerne and then we drove to Bern. And then we drove to Grindelwald. Right? Which I have learned now is actually a Harry Potter character. Yeah. Grindelwald. Yeah. It was charming. It didn't remind me of Harry Potter, but it was charming. Yeah. It was a mountains <laughs> basically all around like as if we're professional skiers or snowboarders. We Seriously. went up into mountain territory, which we even snowboard once. We are not those people, but yeah. I admire those people and I wish I was those people. There was a guy biking with skis on his shoulder, controlling the bike with one hand in the rain. And I was like, <laughs> we're not built. We're for not built for this, but it's nice to see you are. And then after Grindelwald, we drove around Interlaken and where else? To Thun. Thun. They're all close to each other. Thun, Interlaken and Grindelwald. They're all basically like kind of in the mountains. Thun is by this beautiful lake. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Geneva, right? Yeah. Oh, Montreux. We went to Montreux. Oh yeah, we stopped Geneva. at Montreux. I mean, I'm really glad we saw all those places because they all have their unique charm. 
Yeah. So if you want to be in nature and ski and hike, Grindelwald is just really peaceful village style. And then if you want to be by the water, south of France vibes, I would go to Lucerne or Montreux. Cool thing about Montreux that I had no idea. Once we stopped there, they had a st- statue of Freddie Mercury. And I guess if you don't know Freddie Mercury, he was the lead singer of Queen who, who passed away many decades ago. I guess he lived in Montreux for several years. He had a studio there and they had a statue of him and they even had like Queen tours. Mm. So if you're a really big fan of him or just Queen in general, you should definitely go to Montreux. You get to see a statue. You can do some tours. It was really cool because I love Freddie Mercury. I think he's an amazing performer. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Geneva last. The cool thing is how everywhere in Switzerland basically talks German and then you get to Geneva in Montreux and everybody's now talking French. Like it's so I know like this is a common thing in Switzerland. They talk like three, four different languages, but it's so weird that in one country you can talk different languages and like you can go from one area to another. And it's basically like you're in a different country. You know what's funny? Speaking of French, I've known Sirak for five years. And I like briefly told him that I speak French, mm-hmm. but I was like, well, yeah, I speak French, but like, I'm not that good anymore. And I just like, you know, brushed it off. We got to Geneva, everyone's speaking French. I'm like, I'm going to surprise him. So we're shopping. <laughs> All of a sudden I whip out the French, <laughs> full sentences, talking to the sales lady. And he's like mouth agape. What the heck is going on? I mean, it was, it was pretty, so funny. it was sexy. I'm not going to lie. Oh. It was sexy. Ooh. <laughs> So yeah, we finished off in Geneva and Geneva was cool. It was very different from everybody else. One thing I will say, we're a little bit, there was a little bit of a shock factor because we got to Geneva. We parked underneath a train station because our hotel room was there. And the first thing we got out, the first thing we got out out of the train station, we saw a guy smoking crack and it was like, whoa, Nelly. It's like, where are we? And you know, maybe it's just because we're by a train station because the rest of Geneva was amazing. Like, really cool, yes. amazing uh, Lake Geneva. and Swans. Yeah. The nesting. food was great. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. So, I guess that's a little bit of update about the travels. Now we're in London. We'll give you an update how, how London goes next week. It's been great. We really want to thank Switzerland for our amazing time. Oh, yes. Round of applause for Switzerland. Round of applause. Highly recommend if you need a getaway peace and quiet switzerland yes all right so today our main topic is going to be intermittent fasting we talk about the benefits we talk about the right way to fast and whether it's basically you know harmful or helpful overall uh, in terms of fasting for pcos we're going to do a little q a and our wins of the week but first talking about wins of the week we're going to do a little giveaway for our loyal listeners so we're going to pick a review from Apple Podcast, mm-hmm. who, a person who's left a review on Apple Podcast, and give them a bottle of Soul CBD, the tincture, the oil drop that we, Talian and I, love to put under our tongue. You know, it really helps us after like a long day of stress, especially with traveling. Oh, My goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny thing is, oh. we, remember the day we flew out of Geneva? The first thing you did before we went to the airport, you're like, all right, take the CBD. I gave him like a thousand milligrams. <laughs> I took a thousand milligram and it was still kind of stressful. But imagine if we didn't take it, we'd be more stressed. I I think we handled it well. We did. We did. All right. So let's pick a random winner from the podcast reviews and go ahead, babe. 
All right, this one is X Andra Frogs. She says, I'm so happy that I came across this podcast. I have been struggling to understand what PCOS actually is. Anytime I would go to the doctor and I asked questions, it felt like I was just rushed out and my questions weren't actually being answered. A great resource for all things PCOS. Always impressed by the amount of information in this podcast. Now I have a place where I can come and get some information that will help me. You are so welcome. And I'm really excited to offer you this CBD because it's life-changing. <laughs> yes. So X Andra Frogs, or I'm not sure if it's Xandra Frogs, just email us at hello at PCOSweightloss.org and we will get you connected with some soul CBD. And we're going to start doing this every week to give back to our fellow listeners, to our loyal listeners, I guess. Our loyal listeners. <laughs> so stay tuned for week to week to hear winners for you know cbd for ovastol and much more so just want to say thank you everyone from the bottom of our heart yes all right babe let's go to the q a section now all right do you want to start with the first question yes kainat says so does this mean women with pcos shouldn't make fruit juices by mixing a bunch of fruits just to clarify, this is in relation to an Instagram post where you talked about how to eat fruit for PCOS. All right. There's two things. There's fruit juices and then there's smoothies. A juice is when, you know, you take your orange, you squeeze it and you drink the juice inside. And a smoothie is when you get, get the Vitamix and you put peanut butter and almond butter and chia seeds and oat milk and things like that. So a juice when you squeeze the orange juice, you're not eating the pulp. You're not eating the fiber part. So what you're doing is you're drinking the sweetness and your blood sugar can go up. It's not ideal to drink juice regularly. So I don't suggest it. If you do have some, choose fresh juice here in Europe. They have fresh orange juice everywhere, it seems. Sometimes I like to get fresh orange juice in a small cup. I mean, they bring it in a small cup already. And I feel like that's fine. But when it's like a tall glass of Tropicana, it's all sugar. It's not even real. And you're eating like five oranges yeah, or the sugar of five, five oranges. No fiber. Yeah. Because think about it. If you were to sit down, like, would you actually be able to eat five oranges in a row? Mm -hmm. be, no, like your no. body, you, be, you would get full. Your body would start to be like, OK, I can't eat anymore. But when you put it into juice form, into a cup, it's a lot easier to drink. But your body's not meant to digest all that sugar and all that, all those oranges in one glass. So mm -hmm. I, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Funny story about that. So <laughs> we, we were in Grindelwald and like Tyan said, everywhere we've been, when we ask for juice, like in the with breakfast, they bring fresh juice. So Tyan, uh, we're looking at the menu and the person there doesn't know well English, which is totally fine. We're obviously, we're not in America. And Tyan says, oh, um, do you have fresh juice? And then the lady says, yes, yes, fresh juice. And Talian says, okay, can I have a uh, fresh orange juice? And then the girl, the lady brings it and Talian takes a sip and then she goes, that's not fresh juice. And she puts it down with like but this. But not to the lady. No, no, no not, not to the lady. To me, to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was so funny because like, it's just me and her and she takes a sip of the, the juice and then she like whips her head back. And it's like, <laughs> <gasps> and then she like puts the cup down. It's like, that's not fresh juice. And I was like, babe, relax. Like, you're almost yelling. <laughs> you know what? In my defense, I was losing it a little bit because of all of the traveling around and all of, like, you know, not being able to eat what I wanted to eat or cook. The 10-day road trip the was getting to you. spider and, like, 
Spider, old spider. <laughs> yeah, see, I killed a spider with my purse. Okay. My nice purse. <laughs> to clarify, we opened the door and then a spider immediately crawled in. Immediately. As big as a toe. Huge. Huge. And then it was about to go underneath the dresser, disappear forever. God knows, suck our blood while we're sleeping. And I had to kill it, and there's nothing nearby except for Tallinn's leather purse. So immediately I just grabbed it and I squished it, killed it, and then Tallinn goes, What the fuck? And I was like, Babe, sorry, there was nothing else I could do. <laughs> and you cleaned off the purse and it was completely fine. It's fine. It's fine. I laughed it off. Yeah. Who's so, next? Erica M. Cole. Let's go to Erica's question. Erica says, which dairy-free Caesar dressing do you like best? I like the Primal Kitchen. All their dressings are great, dairy-free, gluten-free, excellent ingredients. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, next. Kelsey Hope. She says, when you're doing slow-weighted workouts, do you have to have light weights? Oh, great question. Since I'm the PCOS personal trainer, I'll go ahead and answer this one. So not necessarily, of course, like you should use the weights that you feel are right for you and the kind of workouts that you want to have. But uh, what I will say is if you're trying to decide what kind of weights or how heavy to choose for a certain exercise, it really depends on each individual. So for example, if you're doing 10 repetitions of a squat, let's say you're doing three sets of a squat, 10 repetitions each, meaning you're going to do a squat, one, two, three, four, five, ten 10 times. So when you're doing that squat 10 times, you need to pick a weight that makes you fatigue out by the 10th rep. Meaning, let's say you pick, excuse me, uh, let's say you pick a 15-pound a weight. So you're doing your squats, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then when you get to the 10th one, you shouldn't be able to do any more. Like your legs should start to fatigue out by the 10th one and you can't do any more. That would be the ideal weight. But if you're able to do even more, 20, 25 repetitions, then that means the the weight you picked is too light. And if it's the opposite where you were only able to do five repetitions, half, then the weight was too heavy. So you want to pick a weight that gets you to that repetition perfectly. Now, that does take some like experience to figure out what those weights are, or you might take like a couple of sets to kind of pick the right weight. So it's really important to kind of take notes along the way, especially just only in the beginning. You just take some notes. Okay, this week I did... 15 pound dumbbells and I was able to do this many repetitions so next week when you go back to that exercise you know that okay I need to increase the weight or I need to decrease the weight in order to get the right amount of repetitions and that's why like in the sisterhood when we do our monthly workout plan we like to repeat the workouts from week to week in that month because especially if you're new it takes several weeks to get really good at exercise to, to improve the form to improve your, your knowledge about the exercise, to improve how you're supposed to use the weights. So it's really important that you don't change up your workouts, you know, like every single day. It's important to kind of do it a little bit, um, re- repeat some of them so you get better and better uh, as you go along. That's a great response. Thanks. I honestly like tracking how um, much you're lifting is really helpful because then you can like push yourself a little bit. And when you're ready to move from 10 to 12 pounds, you know, you're like, okay, like I can do this. You know, I've been doing 10 pounds for a few weeks. Maybe I'm ready for 12. Yeah. It's also okay to change your workouts week to week because that also causes muscle confusion. Muscle confusion is where your body doesn't know what kind of exercises you're doing week to week because it's always new and it actually causes your uh, muscles to be worked out even more effectively. So there's also that um, perspective as well. 
Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and D-chiro-inositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So, taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing, so just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. All right, let's go to the wins of the week. Let's celebrate some sisters who are thriving with PCOS, losing weight, improving their symptoms. And the first sister is, Tanya, can you start? Dimple. We're actually going live with her. Oh, yeah, today. Today, in a few hours. Yes, that's true. She sent us her before and after photo. She says... She's from the sisterhood. She says, hi, sisters. I discarded this post over three times. I was very embarrassed and afraid to post this. I don't know why. Here is me before one day before I started gluten and dairy free. By the way, she says, I don't know why. Not telling us. <laughs> oh, Just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here is a picture of me be one day before going gluten and dairy free. And my after is within four months afterwards in the same dress Sorry for the picture quality. My body has a major impact. This dress is super loose now. I've lost four inches from my hips. It's super emotional sharing this because I've always been struggling, crying, and hating my body before I discovered Talin and Sirak. I've not stopped, but I'm continuing my journey. I just wanted to share it with you all. It's amazing. She looks yes. fabulous. Both pictures. Yes, absolutely. And it really is about, you know, step by step, waiting month, like month to month, and I think it's amazing that Dimple, you were able to just keep on being consistent. And now you're seeing this major impact. And it's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes you don't see the results immediately. And it's hard to continue. But, you know, after four months of consistency, you know, if you felt good, you've stuck to it. And now look at the huge difference after four months. It's just so amazing to see. All, All right. right. Who's next? Okay. Anika Goodlit. She says... Feeling really proud of myself lately. Have been sticking to gluten-free bread and trying to eat more whole foods and not focus on losing weight like I have always done and more on health and fixing my symptoms. I'm probably like 50% compliant at the moment, but I've noticed changes in myself already, which is making me have more energy and motivation to do more. I lacked energy and motivation for so, so long, and I can't believe it's taken me this long to give it a proper try because now my IBS is clearing up and my energy is getting better. I've incorporated a face routine at night so my skin feels better too, celebrating all the small wins. Well, I'm so happy for you, Annika. That's so wonderful that you started and I love that you're 50% compliant, not 100% compliant. You so you're starting off one step at a time, you know, not trying to do it cold turkey even though some people that works for them, but you're finding what works for you and that's fabulous and being really mindful and feeling good because if you feel good, then you can continue. Absolutely. Great job, Annika. All right. The next winner is from 
Marta from the Sisterhood. Mm -hmm. She says, so excited to finally feel like I'm not crazy. PCOS has been a roller coaster so far, and I can't wait to learn more as I go through the stages. I'm in stage one and can only imagine how I feel in the coming weeks. That's amazing, Martha. I'm so I'm so happy you're going through the learning stages in the PCOS Sisterhood. So for anyone who is curious what she means by stages, in the Sisterhood, our, our membership, we have five stages, basically the five steps to PCOS weight loss. And in, in each stage, in each step, you go through a series of videos to really help how to learn to reverse your symptoms and thrive with PCOS. Now, the first stage that she's talking about is discovering your PCOS type, where you learn about your PCOS type, you learn about the different supplements that you can take for each PCOS type, as well as other tips and things you can do every single day. The next stage, stage two, is uh, going gluten-free. Stage three is going dairy-free. In both stages, we provide you know, uh, pantry tours, we provide examples of groceries, uh, and much more. And then in stage four, you discover your carb tolerance. As we all know, knowing how many carbs to eat in a day, for some it's 100, 120, some is 80. That's That can be really vital in improving insulin resistance and other symptoms like cravings. And then in stage five is uh, learning how to work out for PCOS. These five stages are really important for anyone who's new to PCOS or who has been struggling with PCOS for many years if you haven't gotten the right knowledge from your doctor or other practitioners. And the great thing is, besides the five stages, you also get access to the recipes, the meal plans that we have in the sisterhood, as well as the monthly workout programs and two live calls with us every single month. So we have a lot of fun there. Yes. Awesome. Last one is Miriam Curran. She says, have you ever had a dream about your breakfast? Because I did. Chocolate protein crepes with chopped apple, peanut butter, and a little bit of mm. maple syrup. Mm. Mm. That looks bomb. That looks amazing. And it looks like the same exact crepes that we had in uh, Spain, right? Yeah, buckwheat. You can make crepes out of buckwheat flour and it tastes just as good as regular flour. It's absolutely delicious. They have it in Spain. I know they have it in France too. If they make it out of buckwheat, then that means it's delicious because mm -hmm. everybody was like lined up to that crepe restaurant. Yeah. That's true. All right. So we did our giveaway. We did our wins. We did our Q&A. Let's get into the main topic of today's episode, which is intermittent fasting. So Ty, why don't you tell us like why intermittent fasting is such a big topic? Because like it's a very common question, but it's a very common thing that's always talked about with PCOS. Yeah. Intermittent fasting, it helps with your body's internal clock, your circadian rhythm. That means it helps with getting certain hormones to be high when they need to be high and low when they need to be low. But a majority of studies are done on men when it comes to intermittent fasting. So the benefits of intermittent fasting you hear about sometimes don't always apply to women. So you really have to mm -hmm. see if it's right for you and just go into it with like an experimental mindset. Yeah, that's so interesting because a lot of studies done just in general are done using men. I forgot who it was. We had a guest on the podcast and I believe Dr. Julian Brighton mentioned it on an IG live as well. She said that men are easier to use in studies because they have a 24 hour biological clock. Mm -hmm. Whereas because women have, they go through different cycles. 28 day cycle. Yeah, 28 yeah. day cycle. That makes it a bit more difficult to kind of use them in case studies or in studies yeah. in general. And that's why like 90% of studies are done using men. But we got to freaking figure out a solution because just because there's a little bit of complication does not mean women should not be included in studies. Obviously, majority figure of the world, out, world population people. is women. Yeah. Seriously. 
Honestly. Yeah. Well, let's take a deep PCOS dive into intermittent fasting, I guess, starting with the benefits. Yeah. Intermittent fasting, it can help with lowering your blood sugar, improving insulin levels, insulin resistance, and inflammation. And it can help encourage your body to lose weight as a result. All of these things vital for PCOS. I can see how it could help some women with PCOS. Um, Intermittent fasting can help with sleep, your immune system, your fertility. If you have the type of PCOS where you have lots of insulin resistance or inflammation, then intermittent fasting might be the right fit for you. So if you try it out, you feel good, you're energetic, this is, you know, making you thrive. Cool. But if you have the PCOS type where you're, you have more adrenal fatigue and you're fatigued all the time and it's hard for you to get up and work out and things like this, then you might find that intermittent fasting is really just adding more stress to your body. So you want to check out the link in the description to see what type of PCOS you might have. We have a quiz and you can take that quiz. It's a fun quiz. And at the end, there's more information to help you understand what your PCOS type is. All right. So let's look into some of the studies. And by the way, Talia, all the, the construction noises stopped. So I think I like they heard that a sister and her mister was live. So they had to stop. They had to stop. They knew we were recording a podcast. <laughs> so the studies, as we mentioned earlier, a lot of the research done on fasting was not done on women. In fact, out of 71 studies found in Harvard's database for intermittent fasting, only 13 include women. 71, only 13 included women. Mm-hmm. And absolutely none of the controlled studies focus on the female population in general. So when you're trying this out, you're really experimenting what would work for your body. And I really don't recommend doing a fast that's longer than 14 hours every single night, especially because it is so restrictive and you're not sure if it's right for your body yet. Some studies done on women show that female hormones are sensitive to fasting. and You can actually induce menstrual irregularity by long daily fasts. Yes. And we also want to be respectful for anyone who may be fasting due to religious reasons, like, for example, Ramadan or or personal reasons. We're just talking about in general about fasting. So if you if you do fasting and and you, you like fasting and you feel better from it, these are all just we're talking about studies and we're talking about general information that we found through our research. So just wanted to put that um, Mm -hmm. disclaimer out there as well. But let's focus on some of the studies that were done on women. Now, one study showed that blood sugar control actually worsened in women after three weeks of intermittent fasting, which was not the case in men. And such shifts occur because uh, female bodies are extremely sensitive to calorie restriction. So, for example, when calorie intake is low, such as from fasting for too long or too frequently, a small part of the brain called the hypothalamus is affected. And this can disrupt the secretion of gonadotropin-releasing hormone, a hormone that helps release two reproductive hormones, luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone. Yeah, and that's probably known in the main world as LH and FSH. I'm sure, yes. I'm sure everyone has heard of those terms. And keep in mind, with these studies, they were doing extreme levels of fasting. Mm-hmm. And um, to continue from the LH and FSH, when these hormones... I'll, I'll let Talia say it. You can say it. You can say it. <laughs> you can say it. When these hormones can't communicate with your ovaries, you run the risk of getting an irregular period or infertility or you know not ovulating and having poor bone health and other health effects can happen. 
So we did gather up the studies that we found from PubMed. As you know, PubMed.ncbi.it goes on and on the link. Mm -hmm. But we'll put them into the podcast description. About There's about four different studies where we're gathering all this information from uh, in terms of the insulin resistance, in terms of the LH, FSH. So please take a look at those studies. But basically uh, what we're talking about is for these reasons, women with PCOS should consider a modified approach to intermittent fasting. So shorter fasting periods and fewer fasting days. So when you hear about people doing like extreme levels of fasting beyond 16 hours, some people are doing like 24, 36 hour fasts. Mm -hmm. Those are really extreme levels where based on our research, we found that it can be, you know, uh, counterproductive. It's really interesting because in hunter-gatherer societies, women's bodies responded to periods of scarcity differently than the bodies of men. Women's metabolisms slowed down to conserve energy and store fat to survive. And so when we go and we do a long period of time of fasting, it makes our body think that we're in like a famine basically, as it would be for our ancestors, then our bodies start shutting down and our periods start, you know, becoming irregular and it, it can be really detrimental for our hormonal health. Yeah, And this makes sense, too, because imagine back then when your body thinks that there's not enough food, mm -hmm. well, it does not want to procreate. It doesn't want to make you fertile because, OK, I should not bring a child when there's famine, when there's less food, when basically the child might not be able to survive. So as a result, like the body shuts down the, the, the regular period cycle, it lowers the chances of fertility. And these are like it's kind of interesting when you look at how the body works in terms of what it's thinking, its yeah. environment is doing to itself. Absolutely. So I like to stick to a 12-hour fast. I feel like that is a proper period of time for my body and I don't feel like I'm starving um, and I'm, I'm not like, you know, feeling stressed about it. Then you can increase it to 13 or 14 hours a couple times a week and you can see if that works for you, if you're, if you're feeling good, if you're thriving, if your cravings are less that day, you know, see how your PCOS symptoms feel. So start with 12, increase a little bit. So on that note, let's kind of talk about how to do intermittent fasting, because even though we read some of these studies and some of this information, these are more about the extreme levels of fasting where, you know, as, we, as we mentioned, like beyond 16, 24, 36 hours, multiple days in a week. So let's talk about how you can do intermittent fasting where it's where it reduces all these uh, harmful um, side effects and makes it as helpful as possible for PCOS. So as Ty mentioned, one general style of fasting that works for most sisters is a 12-hour fast. It's more mild, but uh, again, it may not be for everyone either. It's, some, it's something to consider, to try out, and see how you feel. Now, the 12-hour fast, it really works with your circadian rhythm because you would basically stop, let's say you eat dinner at 7 p.m. So 7 p.m., you eat dinner, and then you basically stop for 12 hours, and then you eat again at breakfast, 7 a.m. So you're not really skipping any meals uh, all you're doing is not eating anything after dinner and then hopefully having a good night of sleep and then waking up the next day and then eating breakfast. So this this circadian rhythm fasting is great because it doesn't like restrict any of the meals that you would have during the day. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important not to eat around the clock because you want to consider the hormone insulin. Every time you eat, insulin is raised to help your body break down what you eat, absorb it, burn it for energy, store it, and so on. But if you're eating around the clock, 
insulin is always high. And when insulin is always high, it's going to block fat burning. And that's not good for your metabolism. So you really want to have a proper window, you know, in the evening specifically, where your insulin is nice and low and your metabolism is functioning properly because high insulin leads to high testosterone, PCOS symptoms, and so on and so forth. So to get your body into fat burning mode, it's really important to have a period of time where you're not eating and that's where fasting comes in. But when it's too long, it can be stressful. So as we mentioned, uh, this is still a mild form of fasting. It may still not be for everyone. So you may feel hungry before bed and your body might go through a blood sugar drop while you sleep, making it harder to get good quality sleep. So it's really important to monitor how you feel. Maybe, you know, mix it up. Maybe have uh, some spearmint tea mixed with collagen powder Mm -hmm. or a tablespoon of nut butter before you go to sleep to keep your blood sugar stabilized throughout the night. So it's really important to try it and see if it will help you sleep better and if you feel energetic in the morning or if you feel like your blood sugar is all over the place. If your cravings for sweets after dinner are so strong that like you can't do a fast at all, consider Ovacetol. This helps with cravings like literally 15 minutes after you take it, you can feel your body kind of calm down because it helps with that insulin resistance that's really triggering the cravings in the first place. So consider that if you feel like you simply cannot stop eating after dinner and you want chocolate and you want a snack and this and that. Yeah. And especially if you have insulin resistance with PCOS, Ovastol can be a game changer. And talking about studies earlier, inositol, which is what Ovastol is, is one of the most researched supplements for PCOS. So it's a great option. And of course, as you know, we have a link in the description with a 15% off code. And it also gives you a two-week free access to the sisterhood if you are interested in that. Yeah. If you do find that the 12-hour fast is really helpful, you're feeling good, your energy is good, and uh, you're not struggling with any any hunger, and you want to maybe extend your fast, you can try to shrink your eating window by an hour. For example, you can try a 13-hour fast, and then in another month, try a 14-hour fast. But again, really, it's important to evaluate how you feel before increasing that fasting window. It could be too much. Maybe if you do a 14 or a little bit more. So as long as you're feeling good at maybe a 12-hour or 13-hour fast, it's going to be really important for you to like journal how you're feeling and then go from there in terms of continuing with that fast. Yeah, you want to evaluate yourself as you go. Exactly. Woo! So I guess that's today's topic. Yeah, sisters, let us know if you try a 12-hour fast. DM us on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And I think next episode, a great topic would be what Tallinn eats in a day. And we'll make that one special about Switzerland since we just left there. Mm -hmm. For those who haven't listened, we did a what I eat in a day for Tallinn um, when when we were in Spain. That was maybe about a month ago. So if you want to go ahead and listen to that episode, go for it. And maybe next week we'll do an episode about what she ate in a day in Switzerland. A little sneak peek. It was a lot more difficult than Spain. Yes, I would say so. Yeah, a lot of roasty, a potatoes. lot of potatoes and carbs everywhere. Uh. <laughs> but we, we, I think Tal, you made it. You made it work as best as possible for, especially for so, for anyone who might be traveling day to day. Yeah, it was fun. It was temporary. We're in England. We're on a green cleanse. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for our wins of the weeks. Thank you for our our giveaway winner. We will be back next week with another episode. Talk to you soon, sisters. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.